Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of you Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but not everything, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Although you have a pretty good middle name there, Paul. How's it going, yeah, man? I like it. Uh, it's going pretty good. It's crazy on the video for everyone who's listening. When when it's you and the sound, the song happening at the same time, there's like a compression limiter happening where really you just can't hear either one of you. Yeah, it just kind of talking cancels itself out. Yeah, yeah. You know so what? You're still across the crusty pay lake because it doesn't matter where I live. There's a lake in between us, and so yeah, uh, you know, through Zoom yeah. across the crusty pay lake where the catfish swam with their dorsal fins in the mud. You're you're over there. Yep, yep, exactly. Yesterday I called it the crusty interstate because Interstate 24 is the worst interstate. I you know, I honestly think that the IQ of the people driving on Interstate 24 in Nashville is a lot lower than any other interstate there is. And I know a lot of interstates. Just based on the evidence (laughs) overall. I got I almost got in a high speed wreck uh yesterday. Uh on twenty four? Yes, on twenty four. Picked up my son from daycare and uh daycares type school thing that he goes to and was driving home and i was in the far right lane and i was you know i hadn't got up to speed yet i was cruising like 70 waiting to get over a little bit kind of letting traffic kind of settle in this girl comes from three lanes over and just like kept coming and i'm like she's gonna cross right into my lane i don't think she sees me as soon as she started crossing the line i started honking and then to no avail I had to drive. I had to go all the way over on the shoulder. Like, luckily, there was a shoulder on the interstate. And here I am, 70 miles an hour, going over to the shoulder because there was nowhere else for me to go. Even if I were to hit my brakes, it wouldn't have been in time. She would have, it probably would have made it worse, you know, because she would have clipped the front of my car and made me probably spin out and flip. Just absolutely insane. It's crazy thinking about it when we're driving on the interstate, just how close we are to dying at all times. Right. I mean, you're operating this random piece of metal and plastic and driving fast enough. I mean, at like 30 miles an hour, you're going fast enough to kill yourself. If you come to a complete stop, I don't know what the actual speed is, but it doesn't even matter. Sometimes if you have your seatbelt on, I mean, all your insides crash up against the parts of your insides that aren't going anywhere. And Mm -hmm. it's just real bad. I mean, driving is dangerous. It it really is. I think we should outlaw it. We should ban it. It's more dangerous than, than COVID. We should ban assault driving. Assault Honestly. driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So if you are interested in those three things, mainly life, because we're super anti-death, big members of the group. I don't know if you heard of them called Antita and uh, anti, anti-death, anti so you're against death. If you're not a member of that group, which we started, it's a nonprofit, and we thank we think you guys for the, the millions in tax-free donations. We really appreciate it. If you're not a member of that, then you're obviously pro-death, which we're not yeah. okay with. Mm-hmm. We're really not. It's a big libertarian thing to be against we're death, against, honestly. We're against coronavirus death, car accident deaths, the old age death. We're, we're against your heart stopping. You know, We want to watch out for your your big heart. Make sure it doesn't jump up and attack you. All yeah, those things. That, now, honestly, you know, you have to, we have to realize though, I mean, people do, people do have to die. If you imagine if no one died, then we'd probably run out of room. Now, luckily we would ban evictions and you wouldn't have to worry about getting pushed out of whatever place you're in. But eventually you well, we'll have life space. on moon and Mars you know? and stuff, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. We got guys like so. Elon Musk figuring things out. By You're the way, right. while we I'm were talking saying, about all this, um, Sam from the live group, uh, he, apparently he figured out time travel by accident. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I hate it when that So happens. apparently he's watching the live stream right now and somehow his app crashed. And when he opened it back up, it just kept him taking him to points in the past. And so huh. I don't know if he's maybe been he drinking yet or watching, not. Maybe he just got done watching Tenet. I think that that's <laughs> possibly what happened. I haven't seen that uh, yet. Don't give any spoilers. Dang it. <sighs> I went and saw like the you, IMAX. I go watch good movies. <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw them in the IMAX, and I'm going to have to see it about four or five more times before I... Listen, if you liked Inception and you liked Dunkirk, 
this makes those things seem like kids movies. And uh, I mean, literally, you need a like a user's manual to go through this movie. I saw so, that they uh, like. So I was watching uh, one movie I went to go see. They did a behind the scenes of Tenet. And I saw where like they legitimately crashed that airplane into the mm-hmm. into the airport. Like that was they legit. Crashed, it wasn't CGI. Seven forty seven at the airport. Yeah, yeah. Like they said, the airport was not happy about it. Yeah, but they, <laughs> but I guess they paid for it. It was it wasn't CGI or nothing. I mean, they legit. Christopher Nolan was talking about how almost literally everything in the movie is actually real, a shot on yeah. camera. He doesn't like doing CGI at all. If you think back to uh, Dark Knight Rises, uh, there's that scene where they're in that plane that's hanging and they actually did pull up a plane that was hanging like that, suspended in the air, and we're shooting things from that. Um, the the shots in Interstellar are, they actually built the whole craft and they took it through a black hole. You know, that's just the kind of links they'll go through to shoot for a movie. <laughs> yeah. And then in Dunkirk, they actually destroyed a real, uh, legit World War II fighter plane at the end of the movie where he's standing next to that uh, that old, let's call it a Spitfire, I'm pretty sure, uh, that old plane, and it's on fire. Uh, it's an actual World War II plane from that made it through everything that Christopher Nolan bought and then set on fire. Wow. <laughs> anyway so that's our uh that's our movie review right there yeah i'm sure that's why you guys came to this libertarian podcast uh for sure i'm gonna start off with something that uh that trump said in his interview on fox news the other day and he, he was talking about libertarians specifically so that's that's why i wanted to pull this up because the things he's saying about libertarians in here and people on the video, you'll get to see a little bit here. Let me move this over to the screen. You're just going to crudely see my window pasted over our faces right here. And uh, so what he was talking about with libertarians is this general idea that having a libertarian on the ticket is bad for the Republicans and that he's actually a pretty libertarian. He mentioned Rand Paul said, I'm, you know, I'm pretty libertarian. Rand Paul will tell you. And um, I'm not sure if Rand Paul will back that up or not, but I can just imagine Rand Paul like speaking in his ear like, oh, yeah, you're so libertarian, Donald. <laughs> Such a libertarian. Look, this is totally what a libertarian would do. Hey, that's fine. Whatever he wants to do to manipulate Trump, that's fine. But let's listen to what Trump said real quick. Vote, but people say it's important for you to win it, not because you wouldn't be president, but because it sends a message to the country and that itself calms down. So conservatives or Republicans in blue states that that would kind of be like, oh, it doesn't matter if I vote. What do you tell them? Tonight? I think I could win. I think I did win the popular vote in a true sense. I think there was tremendous cheating in California. There was tremendous cheating in New York and other places. And if you take a look at the libertarian, you know, they always talk about Jill Stein. Jill Stein took, what, half a percent. They talk about Jill Stein. Well, I have a libertarian. I'm somewhat libertarian. I have to be honest with you. Rand Paul will tell you that. Uh, I have a libertarian candidate on last time that got, what, four and a half or so percent. Those are all Republican voters. They're wasting their vote because they have to vote for But us. this time, the popular vote would be a huge message to the country. If there if wasn't wanted. a libertarian on the ticket, I would win the popular vote. I would have mm-hmm. won last time oh okay (laughs) look i'm somewhat libertarian Rand paul will tell you that (laughs) yeah so couple things banning people from evicting banning landlords from evictions that's you know straight from straight from uh, walter block himself yep banning weapons accessories things like that super libertarian things to do now hayek Hayek must have taught him that before we get in, it was uh, Brian McWilliams, who I believe who asked us one time on the show, is is Trump not the most libertarian president that you've had in, in your, your lifetime? lifetime? Yeah. And honestly, I mean, it the bar is pretty low. <laughs> the bar is pretty low. It really is. Yeah. So if the question is, is Trump the most libertarian president that we've had in my lifetime? the answer would probably be yes. I think he'd be a little bit more libertarian than you might even say Ronald Reagan is, at least in in policy, probably. I think Ronald Reagan had a little bit more of the spirit of libertarianism, but it didn't really come through. And he had the rhetoric of libertarianism, but not really all of the policies. So 
So that was one part there. The other part, there's a couple things. So he says that they're wasting their votes. They're throwing away their votes. And he says he won the popular vote in a way because all of those libertarian votes would have been votes for him if the libertarian wouldn't have been on the ticket. Yeah, those were those he, were Republicans voting. Yeah, those are those are Republican voters right there. And listen, no, 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 that's not true. Yeah, it's not Which true. Was what? Now, they they got what three and a half million votes, something like so, that. So yeah. yeah, if you know those would have went to Trump, then he would have won the popular vote, technically speaking. Um, but that's it's not true at all. Not even close. No. Now, I get the connection. We've said plenty of times before, I do think that, you know, we target when we're running our ads and stuff like that. We target Republicans specifically with our ads because we believe that Republicans are closer to being able to be converted over to libertarianism than than Democrats or leftists would be. I think there's a little bit more of an underlying principle that uh, a common value that you share of individual liberty that Republicans don't really act out, but they do pay lip service to it at least. And, and at I least think you they can, have, we have a lot of common ground when it comes to the constitution. So <laughs> Todd said, if there had been no Democrat candidate or libertarian candidate, Trump would have gotten nearly 100% of the votes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely true. Yeah. He won the popular vote in a sense because he had that pesky Democrat candidate on there too. What if he was like, and, uh, what if he was in that interview? He was like, look, if we just, if we just don't have an election at all, no election, I'll still be the president. That's, I mean, I think he's already said that for <laughs> right. sure. No, but so we've talked about how Republicans could probably be converted over. So I understand the the idea there that people who are voting libertarian, if they were still going to go vote and say that every libertarian who voted was still going to go vote for whoever was on the ballot, then I do think the Republican would get a wider percentage of the vote than the Democrat would. I don't think it would be by a landslide, but I do think that the Republican would get a higher percentage of that vote, but you're you're assuming the fact that all of the people who voted libertarian are still just going to go vote if their only two options are Republican and Democrat. Right. Those votes those votes aren't just automatic that they're going to be there. They're they were there because the a lot of them because the people were going to vote for libertarians. Now a bunch of them were protest votes. I'm going to go vote and I'm just going to vote for someone else because I don't like these candidates, which would still be ridiculous to assume that you would have gotten the votes. Because if those are people that you would have gotten and it was a protest protest vote, then they would have voted for you and, like, and not the libertarian. It's like one of the guys we interviewed at the Joe Jorgensen rally who said that he voted for Trump in 2016. And, you know, he was all about draining the swamp and leaving people alone. And then all of a sudden, Trump just kind of basically continued the status quo minus a few good things that he did. But for the majority of his presidency, he's just like every other president. Uh, he's a little bit louder and uh, more grotesque, I would say. And doesn't have control of his Twitter, but for the most part, if you look at his policies, they're not much different than every other president we've had, essentially. Um, the only good things I would say is cutting taxes and, and regulations, everything else and not starting more wars, let's say, but everything else has been pretty much the same. And um, the spending's gone up, the uh, the tariffs and the trade wars gone up, the, you know, the division and the animosity's gone up, all those things are happening. I will say the other thing is I think he he did appoint some good judges. Um, we've gotten some decent Supreme Court decisions, especially on criminal justice reform. And I think he's been pretty good with the First Step Act and some other things, you know, pardoning some people that that were, you know, inhibited by the, the criminal justice system that we have. But for the most part, he's status quo. And like Todd says, again, he said, I was a solid GOP voter, including being a precinct committee officer. And I have moved more toward libertarian due to wanting to leave people alone. The GOP conservatives still try to tell you how to live your life. And that's the problem is that, you know, back in the day, and I would even say Reagan conservatives were a lot more libertarian. And like you said, at least definitely in their rhetoric, definitely in their rhetoric, but even a lot more in their policy and their beliefs and you and I both a religious legislation, I would say. Right. And you and I both came from the Republican side of things. I mean, I remember when Obama was running in 08, I was like, there's no way he's going to destroy the country. 
you know, all these things like you have to vote for Mitt Romney. You have to do it. There's no other option. Um, and, and then as you go on, you're like, okay, well, that instead of playing this game, how about we just vote for who we believe in, uh, that aligns the most with our actual principles and how we live our life. And the fact that we don't want to control anyone else, that we may disagree with other people, but they're fine to live their life as they see fit. Just don't harm me and don't tell me how to live. And to me, that's yeah. as easy as, as it can be. You know, as Matt Kitty's book says, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. And that's it. That's the only, like the rules that we teach our kids, like the rules that adults need to live by. And that's it. That's it. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. It's pretty yeah. simple. It really is. Pretty simple. So this thing kind of always bothers me as well, coming from, you know, the guy, I was trying to think of his name, the Kentucky governor, Matt Bevin, said his name? Uh, yeah. I, when he lost, he also blamed it on the Libertarian Party. And yeah. the, you know, the Libertarian Party to me said some stupid stuff after that. Um, but he blamed it on the Libertarian Party because the Libertarian got s so many votes. And I still, I don't like this ideology. Here's the, here's the thing. If you're a supposed free market person, as a lot of conservatives say they are, then everything is free market. Nothing is forced because that's not free. So everything should be free market, including you going out there and winning other people's votes. So if, if for some reason, a bunch of libertarians are going to go vote for a libertarian and not you, then instead of blaming it on them that you lost, you need to confront why those people thought that you weren't the best option for liberty. Yeah. And it's a free market out there, buddy. <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't present yourself as the best option for liberty and other people thought that there was a better one, then you're not winning in the free market battle for people's vote. And that's on you. And you got to take that responsibility, but you cannot assume that the three and a half, four million people who went and voted for Gary Johnson would have immediately gone out there and voted for Donald Trump if Gary Johnson wouldn't have been on the ticket. And you can't assume that the people are going to go vote for George, Joe Jorgensen. I always try to say George Jorgensen, Joe Jorgensen. You can't assume that they're just going to go vote for Donald Trump if if Dr. Joe isn't on the ticket. That's just assuming assuming that those votes are still going to happen is is uh, completely ridiculous. And by the way, I was going to say uh, condolences to Dr. Joe Jorgensen. I did hear that her mother passed away. And oh, so she, she is, uh, I think she said, you know, off the campaign trail until all of that stuff is uh, taken care of. So mm. once again, we're, we're against, we're against death. And so that falls right into that category of death. And so, we have to be against it. I am anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that's sad. Um, um, Joe, Joe said here that and, and see, this is what's funny to me. Joe said maybe a vote for a libertarian would identify the need to move your GOP platform towards liberty. And what's hilarious to me is, you know, if Trump calls himself somewhat libertarian, then why is he pandering to the left by you know, by essentially instituting rent control and not allowing landlords to evict people who won't pay rent. Like that's pandering to the opposite side of who you are trying to get to vote for you. If you move more towards Liberty, then perhaps that is right. If the GOP platform moves more towards Liberty as they were in the past, I would say, then maybe you would get more of the Liberty minded votes because they, you would align with those people, but instead you're trying to pander to I hate to say the other side, but you're trying to pander to and, and enact policies that are com completely opposite of what your, what your principles and the ideology should be. And so it's like, not only are you pandering to the other side, but you're completely alienating by these few decisions. You're completely alienating an entire group of people who would refuse to vote that way. I think another uh, a good point from Joe there. I was I was thinking about the same thing. If if you see last election cycle, you got four million votes for Gary Johnson, and say this election cycle you get the same amount of votes again, and just say that uh, say Trump loses and Jorgensen gets four million votes, or she gets five or six million, something like that, and they see that that would have been the difference. Then my hope there would be that the Republican Party sees 
that, man, if we just could have gotten some of those libertarians to vote for us, then we could have won this election. And instead of going more, like you were saying, Charlie, towards the left on some of these policies, maybe we should have gone more towards libertarianism on these policies. Towards liberty. So, we, so towards liberty, so we could attract some of the libertarian voters to decide to punch that Chad for me instead. <laughs> and and yeah, I think that's a good point. It's almost like a negotiation tactic. Like, hey, we're we're getting five, six million votes here. If you want some of these votes that come over to you, you're going to have to do something that looks and feels like libertarianism for some of these voters. So maybe you guys should add a little bit more libertarianism to your platform. Yeah. So I, I think that's a that's a good point. I was going to go through some of the. I couldn't agree comments. more. I mean, I could probably agree more, but I, I think I reached my agreement limit for the it's day. It's hard to so. agree any any more yeah. on that. Yeah. So a few comments from our page, I'm just going to call some people out because I posted a Joe Jorgensen video. It was actually a John Stossel video where he was talking about how you don't only have two options. And it was mainly a video about Joe Jorgensen. And so I'll go through some of the more infuriating comments here. Art Williams says, uh, or you can just flush your vote down the toilet. But uh, he said, Ross Perot was a really good candidate. And so obviously saying you're wasting your vote, you're just helping the other side win, whatever, which is funny because the Democrats will say the same thing, that they would have gotten a bunch of the libertarian votes. And what did Ross Perot get, like 15 or 17 percent or something like that? He got pretty big, and that was a lot, that's when they realized they can't let anyone else in debates. Right. They, yeah, <laughs> they completely changed it after that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Neil Hussing says, if she's such a great candidate, why did they jump at the chance for a mosh long before considering her? Because uh, he's a they congressman. A <laughs> they had a convention, like they had a vote, and Amash took himself out of the running for pre like he mentioned it. He had an exploratory committee, and and that was it. You know, I think, think there was a little bit more hype around Amash running for president than really what Amash was willing to put into it. I think he'll do it again someday. But the Libertarian Party convention, they they had a vote. They voted for Joe Jorgensen. And I, I think if Amash would have stayed in it, though, he probably likely would have got it. And the reason why is because, obviously, when you're looking at the best candidate, uh, Joe Jorgensen and Justin Amash's principles are pretty much aligned. And who's got the better name recognition? Like, who is more famous? Who can get in front of more people? A sitting U.S. congressman or uh, someone not many people have heard of? Like, so if it, it's not changing your principle or... It doesn't mean that Joe Jorgensen's not a great candidate. It just means that her life path has brought her in front of less people than Justin Amash's life path has. So, I mean, <laughs> but it's obvious why you would jump at the chance for Amash, you know, like um, if, if that's like saying like if Bush was such a great candidate and everybody was behind Bush, why did they jump at the chance for Trump? Well, Trump has a lot more name recognition. He's famous. So it's much easier. And if the principles yeah. were the same, we go for the person who's got more name recognition. That's not hard. Neil. David Hamlin says she's probably a very good person. She does seem like a good person, by the way. We in the in the time that we've talked to her <clears throat> seems seems really great. Uh, but right now it would be helping Biden and the Democrats if you vote libertarian. The left must not take the pres the presidency, giving their socialist ideas any more chance to gain ground. Yeah. So once again, it's the a vote for libertarian is a vote for Biden. Yeah, because Republican socialist ideas are way better. Yeah. <laughs> the the authoritarian, the authoritarian conservative is much better than the socialist uh, authoritarian. What the and I'm not going to try to sound like a leftist here. This just is what it is. What the CDC and Trump are doing right now with uh, with rent is. Uh, fascist. It's actual fascist. It's it's mm -hmm. um, you still get to own the property, but we get to tell you exactly what you can and can't do with it. And we've been moving more and more towards that. And that really does show you kind of the difference between uh, a fascism style of housing as a right, which is what the CDC and Trump are saying, and a Bernie Sanders communist style, which is the government will own all of this housing and we will provide it for everyone. And so those are really the two differences. One of them allows the private property owners to own it, but they won't allow them to make any of the decisions 
with that private property. And the other one decides that there won't be any private property and that the government's going to own it. And so, what they, uh, what those two systems have in common, they're both authoritarian. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're basically the same thing. This, Only communism has actually has way more deaths. This next one's uh, this next one's great. Yeah. Jeremiah price says, why would you share this? Every person who doesn't vote for Trump helps Biden. It's bad enough the socialists almost outnumber us now, but you advertise another option and Biden will win for sure. Or no one will get enough to win and Pelosi will be president on January 23rd. <laughs> You'd feel real stupid then, Liberty Pod trash. Liberty Pod trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremiah, when's the last time you listened to an episode, my man? Yeah, so I was going to respond with a big long response and all I typed back was, you're on a libertarian Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's all I said back. Right. And he liked the comment. That's, <laughs> that's like, all it was. And then the, I'm so tired of this narrative that a vote for this person helps this person and that. And I know we've kind of beat the dead pig to death, but bring in the <laughs> horse. You, bring in the horse. Because I've got more beaten to do. Um, it, like a vote for someone is a vote for that person. It's not a vote for anyone else. And it doesn't help or hurt anyone else. The, the the people that are going to vote for Biden are going to vote for Biden. The people that are going to vote for Trump are going to vote for Trump. It's the it's largely the eight to ten percent of people who are the truly undecided voters um, that are going to wonder, is this an option that I want to take? Do, do I want to go for one of the, let's say, main party candidates or do I hate both of them and want to go somewhere else? And the problem is the Democrats and the Republicans keep putting up terrible candidates and they keep getting worse every four years. And so eventually when enough people get tired of the, the, the only options that they have, they will seek another option. Um, it's, it's like, you can't change human beings from seeking those options. It's why the entire black market exists. Like even if you, even if you made voting for libertarian illegal, the libertarian would still get votes prompt. I guarantee it. Yep. Yep. Well, so that's all I wanted to talk. Listen, um, either you're free market or you're not. If you want to get libertarians votes, then go out there and win libertarians votes. But arguing that having advertising another option is going to make Biden win. Um, dude, that that ain't no free market right there. Yeah. And that ain't free choice. You're not free to choose. That ain't my problem. Nothing like that. that. It just that that boat don't hunt. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Charlie, tell even, me about even though what, it's camouflage, it still can't hunt, man. <laughs> tell me what's going on down there in in the upside down world of Australia, real quick. Yeah. So this is coming from the Guardian. A pregnant woman arrested in Ballarat. Is that is that the way to pronounce that? No clue. Ballarat for creating anti lockdown protest event on Facebook. Just creating the event. This is coming from the garden. The Guardian. Create- an event. Yeah. Police in Victoria, uh, which is a, a, a state or a province, you could say, in, in Australia, have arrested a pregnant 28-year-old woman in front of her partner and two children for planning an anti-lockdown protest in regional Victoria this weekend. <clears throat> Police arrested the woman, Zoe Bueller, at her home in Miner's Rest near Ballarat on Wednesday after she created a Freedom Day event on Facebook calling for people to protest against the Victorian government's lockdown measures. Quote, as some, of, as some of you may have seen, the government has gone to extreme measures and are using scare tactics through the media to prevent the Melbourne protest. The now deleted event description read video of the arrest shared on social media on Wednesday shows a group of officers handcuffing Bueller in front of her partner and children. In the video, Bueller becomes increasingly distressed and tells officers she is pregnant. Quote, I have no idea why you guys are doing this. She tells officers on the video. My two kids are here. I have an ultrasound in an hour. I'm happy to delete the post. I don't really understand what I've done wrong. This is ridiculous. I didn't realize I was doing anything wrong on Facebook. The controversial liberal party backbench MP uh, Craig Kelly, who had been a vocal opponent of lockdown laws, shared the video saying it was what you'd expect to see in Nazi Germany. Quote, every politician that voted for laws that allows a pregnant mother to be handcuffed for a Facebook post that criticizes government policy stands condemned for eternity. He wrote in a statement, Victoria police said, quote, any gathering of this nature is a blatant breach of the chief health officer's directions and puts Victorian lives at risk. 
Victoria, Victoria Police has already taken action as part of an ongoing investigation into the planning and encouragement of protest activity in Ballarat, police said in a statement. Quote, those still thinking of attending the protest in Ballarat on Saturday can expect a swift and firm response from police. Bueller is the fourth person to be arrested and charged within, with incitement in Victoria in recent days as police in Victoria take a hardline approach to the so-called Freedom Day protests. So, wow. Man, uh, that's frustrating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, freedom. I guess the only positive out of that is that we haven't reached that level yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you never know. It's coming. It's just crazy. She made a Facebook event yeah. about something. Got Did, arrested. Didn't even go anywhere. Guys, this is happening right now. Yeah. In developed in developed nations all around the world. <laughs> this is actually happening. This is crazy. Yeah, eventually so, the United States will be the only developed nation that doesn't arrest people who make Facebook events. <laughs> you know what? I'll take that one. I'll take that yeah. one. That's fine. <laughs> okay, running through some news here. I just, now, you know, think of, I just want people to think about that for a second. If, you know, this is a, this is a Western country, by the way. This is a country built off the same old English common law that we're built off of. This is a country that is supposed to have freedom of speech and freedom to protest and freedom of association. Now, I don't know if they have the, the same type of constitution as we do. Obviously I don't think they do, but however, they're still built off of the same principles. And now all of a sudden you can see how those principles erode and something as something as whatever childish or simple as creating a Facebook event saying that we disagree with what the government is doing and we want to peacefully protest that government policy. Um, well, well the government will be like, well, you can't disagree with us. Yeah. You know, we're just gonna, we're going to arrest you quit. Stop you from doing it. If you, if you mention that this is happening, we'll arrest you. Yeah, man. So crazy. Okay. So this from NASA, <laughs> this is weird to me and I don't know if you'll find it as crazy as I do. NASA patented a faster, cheaper route to the moon. The first spacecraft to use it could make Nobel Prize winning discoveries about the universe. So it's, it's interesting that they, the moon is both seduct seductively close to Earth and cosmically far away. Decades after the end of the space race, it remains extraordinarily expensive and difficult to actually get there. The journey just got a bit easier, however, thanks to a freshly published NASA, NASA invention. The agency's patent doesn't cover, a, doesn't cover a new piece of equipment or lines of code, but a trajectory, a route designed to save a lunar-bound mission time, fuel, and money, and boost its scientific value. What? On June 30th, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office granted and published NASA's patent for a series of orbital maneuvers, orbital maneuvers, which Business Insider first learned about via a tweet by a lawyer named Jeff Steck. The, techni the technique isn't meant for large spaceships to carry astronauts or rovers, but for smaller, more tightly budgeted missions tasked with doing meaningful science. And the first spacecraft to take advantage of this new orbital path could deliver unprecedented discoveries. So I'm not going to read any more of this. This is insane that you could file a patent with the USPTO for a trajectory to the moon, which is not in the freaking United States, right. by the way. <laughs> It's not a product. It's not even it's in not, the world. Like, here's your extreme patent debate right now. Yeah. This is a, you found that you drew a line on a map and said that you own the rights to that line on the map that is in space. <laughs> it's in space. It's outside yeah. of our atmosphere. Okay. This is insane. It's, uh, it's so insane. It's, <laughs> This would be like Michael Phelps patenting his technique and his path through the pool for his yeah. gold, for his gold medals. <laughs> you remember that time Dale Earnhardt patented the path he took around Daytona? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, and only a son can do it now. <laughs> See, <laughs> only Junior can take that path. Handed down to him because he handed will. down the patent. <laughs> price Dale, price Dale. All right, so that's weird that the government is granting the government a patent. That's. <laughs> That's just impressive. But just 
<laughs> Josh said, uh, space roads. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just the, the audacity to decide that you can patent a specific line in space outside of Earth uh, that the U.S. government can patent a specific line in space. And if anyone else uses it, then you owe NASA money. Yeah. It's insane to Wes me. Wes said Elon's going to have to pay a toll. <laughs> Does he have to stop for that toll, or you think he'll get a sticker and he'll take a picture of his spacecraft They're license plate already, as, he, as he passes by? They put an easy pass out there. Yeah. For the Speed spacecraft. pass. <laughs> it goes by. I'm just imagining the court case. Well, we found that you passed through this trajectory around the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you so you owe us. And that, now I realize they spent some time and some money creating this trajectory. And so I get, you know, okay, you steal you steal a key to the patent office and you take all their paperwork on their trajectory. Well, then that's one thing, but what if so what if someone else comes up with this? They haven't seen the trajectory, but they also are in a lab somewhere working, drawing out on their map of space, and they decide that this is the best way to go and these are the best maneuvers, and it ha happens to be the same as what NASA just came up with. So you can't do that because then, NASA owns that. Well, could you deviate like a, you know, a millimeter? And then you're not violating the patent? I mean... I I guess so. I guess you could, I right? Know. I mean, uh, this is so and it I know that like this doesn't have anything to do with us, but this is a this is a great representation of how much the government thinks they own everything to me. Yeah, it's like the post like, office, the you know, the government filing for the 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 uh, what is it? The blockchain, blockchain. the blockchain voting idea that yeah. I had a few months too late. It's like <laughs> I feel like the government should be banned from filing patents like that. You know, if we're going to have patent laws, the government shouldn't be allowed to be involved in it. Should be protecting the rights of the government to do things. But here's the problem. Really the government is a corporation, by the way, it's incorporated. Yep. Look at your towns and your cities and your states. They're incorporated. They they act like a corporation. That's exactly what they do. And the, the federal government is the biggest corporation in all the world. And yeah. they get all their money by stealing. So, um, on to some local news, but before we get there, I believe um, today we have an ad read, right? Today's, oh, yeah, yeah we third. do, you're right. So okay. I mentioned yesterday, uh, Nate, you can pull up the, the script because yep. I don't have it, but I mentioned yesterday that um, you know, I had a great conversation with my counselor the, the day before, and so we need to tell you got all of y'all about betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp at betterhelp.com. H E L P betterhelp.com. You can go to betterhelp.com slash G M L and that'll get you 10 per 10% off the first month uh, of your, of your subscription. And guys, I tell you that there is no easier way to take care of your mental health than through better help. It is a fantastic app where you're able to schedule a video call or a phone call or a chat session with your counselor once a week. And then also you can send them messages if you're having any type of anxiety or depression or something triggered something, or if you're just not feeling uh, well, then you can send a message, get your thoughts out. They have a journaling uh, section in there. And so it's a really uh, new way to get the help that you need without the stigmatism. You don't have to drive to an appointment or uh, anything like that. And it's very cost effective. I believe um, you get 10% off your first month. And so uh, literally, and then they also have way cheaper than an appointment, yeah, with. way cheaper than a regular appointment. And then they also have, I'm pretty sure they follow the same sliding scale too. So that if you're not able to pay the full price, um, you know, and you need some type of financial assistance, then they can help you there out there as well. So there's really no excuse um, in this day and age, especially in the middle of a pandemic, um, you know, depression, anxiety, and all those things are at an all time high uh, suicides and uh, alcoholism and all those are going up. Uh, I believe I saw the latest figures. It was an increase of 25%. And so um, it's much cheaper to um, talk about your problems and it's good for you to talk about the problems and what you're feeling than uh, than it is to develop an alcohol problem right nate 
<laughs> yes, yes, that is true. And, and I can imagine that would be true. I wouldn't right. know from personal experience. But yeah, guys, it's it's a really cool app. Um, I signed up on it. Charlie signed up on it. Uh, so cost effective. And I mean, it, it's really popular too. So many people have been using this. I mean, the, a lot of people have been using BetterHelp and they're actually recu- recruiting uh, a lot of additional counselors in all 50 states. So people all over the place are using this. Y'all, we want you to start living a happier life, a more meaningful life today. So as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash GML. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash GML to get that 10% off. Awesome. So now on to some local news here for for Nashville. Um, You know, we talked briefly about how they... They passed a law making it a felony if you were to cap uh, to camp on Capitol grounds. And uh, now they have some new some new uh, things out. But the title of this one from ABC is "Some See Age Old Playbook in New Tennessee Protest Law." So Tennessee now leads the nation in criminalizing common protest tactics with penalties, including the denial of voting rights for pitching a tent on the Capitol grounds. But outrage over racial injustice isn't going away. And civil rights advocates say the law was pulled from an age old playbook that hasn't stood up to history. Just like the Southern politicians who strained to maintain segregation in the 1950s and 60s, contemporary elected officials, uh, elected leaders vexed by the Occupy Wall Street movement, demonstrations against oil and gas pipelines and this year's protests against racial injustice have often sought to use the criminal justice system to suppress mass movements. Tennessee's new law increases penalties, fines, and jail time for a wide range of protest activities from marching in the street to encouraging what police call riots. Displaying a weapon while causing physical contact with a first responder first responder is a proactive way in a, pro, a provocative way is now a felony. The most contentious portion imposed in response to the demonstrators who camped outside the Capitol this summer to raise pressure on lawmakers changes illegal camping on state property from a misdemeanor to a felony punishable by by up to six years in prison. Felony convictions result in a loss of voting rights in Tennessee. Quote, they're holding on to an old vision of Southern um, aristocracy. I'm sorry. God. <laughs> Aristocracy. Aristocracy. Aristocracy is a good one too. That's fine. Yeah. 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 That's old. You know, it's an old version of that word. It's the Queen's <laughs> English yeah. pronunciation. Yeah. And fear a more diverse America. That's why they attack voting and protest. Jones tweeted at Republican Bill Lee signed the law on August 20th, but they can't stop the movement. Segregationists also criminalized protests across the Deep South, but failed to suffocate the civil rights movement, said Justin Rose, who teaches political science at Rhodes College in Memphis. So, you know, this is something that um, obviously, as I said, close to home and something, you know, making the uh, camping on Capitol grounds a felony, I think, is absolutely insane. Um, Now, I'm not saying that they could it's tough because it's public property. So technically you should be able to camp there if you want to, because you pay for it. Um, but at the same time, they do make rules and things like that. They close the parks at 10 PM and whatever with this public ground. And, but making it a felony, I just think is so egregious. And then, you know, you have a protected first amendment, right, uh, to protest. And as long as you are not, um, I always say your rights end where another's begins. So as long as you're not inhibiting on the rights and the freedom of others, you can gather as many people as you want to and say whatever you want and march if you want to, whatever it is to protest anything you believe. You could protest the fact that sliced bread is a is a terrible decision and it takes away from the quality and the taste of a good wholesome <laughs> loaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah. wanted to, I've been trying to get the group together to go protest that for a while now. Oh, yeah, but I, I mean, just can't seem to get the support. Sliced bread. Yeah, I mean, I, everybody says it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh, I want to go back to wholesome loaves. I, I think there's a couple sides to this. I do think making it a felony is the egregious part. The misdemeanor, the problem, the reason they're drawing this to the old deep south, which by the way, that this age old thing that's in the title of this article, Charlie, when I searched this Tennessee law, it says some see age old playbook, 
the words age old playbook appeared in like four different news stories from ABC, NBC, CNN, um, the, the Tennessee and all that. So it's, it's crazy to see them send out keywords and talking points out to people. So age old playbook. So obviously we're drawing this to the deep South. I do think, I do understand why people can find an issue with this, making it a felony because in Tennessee you lose your voting rights when you have the felony. And so then people can make the argument that really what you're trying to do is just stop certain people from voting. So I do see that part. I think there's a fine line with the camping on public ground because yeah, you pay taxes and it's public ground, but then other people pay taxes and you are taking up the public ground uh, to where they can't use it. So I don't think that because you paid one uh, five millionth of the taxes that went into that piece of concrete right there means that you can decide what all of the other people. uh, Well, that's why I say, yeah. And that's why I say your rights end where another's begin because you know, just like marching down the street. Well, you can't impede other people's right to freely travel. So I'm not saying you can't march down the street, but if somebody wants to get through, then you have to let them through. But otherwise you're detaining them, which is considered kidnapping by the way. Um, And you you shouldn't be allowed to do that. I, I would agree to kidnapping is, is not a good thing to do. Yeah. I don't think you should be able to do that. All right, we're going to move on. That's just a local story. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'll be honest, when they tried to set up the uh, the Chaz Chop in in Nashville, there was a part of me that was kind of glad that that law existed, <laughs> to tell you the truth, because I didn't want some Galdern Chaz Chop popping up in Nashville. But I don't think that making things a, a felony and taking away voting rights is a proper response for pitching a tent in public. Yeah. It <laughs> so, seems like... Uh, <laughs> I've been fighting against that one for years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's frowned upon. They say. Yeah, it looks like Josh wants to start a protest about um, you know boneless buffalo wings, and he says they're yeah. nothing more than just chicken tenders. Yeah, they're just and, chicken tenders that you pay more money for, and they're smaller. Yeah, and that's really all it is. And then sometimes, so, like if you go to a barbecue joint and get wings, they put a piece of sliced bread underneath that. It just makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> so. We, t- we tackle the big issues here on the Good Morning Liberty I, I podcast. Know. That's the, like the, the really big issues. Yeah. So NHL owner says team is losing fans over Black Lives Matter support. So this one's again, not a crazy life-changing story, but honestly, a lot of people do watch sports. I'm a little bit frustrated with the fact that sports has just become another political apparatus. And as of right now, I don't, I don't plan on watching really any sports this year. Like I'm not, I'm not super into it. Um, I watch sports to get away from things, to get my mind off of something else. I want to switch from being depressed about the country to being depressed about my team. And so I want to make sure that I can (laughs) switch over to that. And I don't need to combine the two. I need those to be separate. So this does make sense to me. This is from the Blaze. Thanks, Glenn. The owner of the Dallas Stars, the National Hockey League, NHL, said his team has lost season ticket holders because of its support for Black Lives Matter. The Dallas Morning News reported. The Stars did not play their scheduled Friday night playoff game against the Colorado Avalanche, instead moving it to Sunday in participation with the protests occurring across professional sports over the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha. Man, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about on the Jacob Blake thing, by the way. I mean, I don't know how accurate Ben, ben Shapiro is. I trust him to find a lot of the factual evidence all the time. But do you know that it's alleged that Jacob Blake had just raped the woman that morning? Oh, wow. No. And he was already already had warrants for for sexual assault and uh and something else I can't remember what the other one is. But it, it's uh it's pretty crazy, but it, apparently that's one of the main reasons the cops were being called on him plus he was trying to steal her keys to her car and he was just uh, had allegedly forced himself on someone and um and someone earlier that day. <clears throat> so I think there's a fine line between saying, hey, shooting someone seven times in the back is probably a better response than that. And also holding up the guy as a hero who's done nothing wrong in his life. I'm not trying to Candace Owens the situation, but I do think that people need to pick the people that they hold up. Like you should consider, uh, did the guy rape someone that morning? Okay. Right. Well, Let's maybe maybe pay attention to whether or not we're going to shut down the country over this. Okay, I'm not. It's never okay to try and kill someone 
regardless, you're not the jury and executioner as a police officer. But anyway, I'm just saying the facts are not, they're not entirely just on the side of, of uh, police brutality here, I would say. Uh, so anyway, from the Dallas Morning News. The stars have lost customers over their support of Black Lives Matter and protests over racial inequality, President and CEO Brad Alberts said Friday afternoon. But I stand by our organization's commitment and our support for players 100% to express their views. When asked which customers the team has lost, Alberts said season ticket holders and that it was a mix of individual and company accounts. He did not disclose specific names. Uh, he did say that no advertisers have pulled their funding. The NHL supported postponing games to protest the Blake shooting and issued a statement that also mentioned the police killings of Breonna Taylor in Louisville and George Floyd in Minneapolis. They said black and brown communities continue to face real painful experiences. A Thursday NHL statement said the NHL and NHLPA Players Association, I assume, recognize that much work remains to be done before we can play an appropriate role in discussion centered on diversity, inclusion and social justice. We understand that the tragedies involving Jacob Blake, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others require us to recognize this moment. We pledge to work to use our sport to influence positive change in society. So that's the part that really just bothers me. And listen, I mean, I don't own the team. And uh, so that's fine. You, you do what you want with uh, your team and uh, with the people who work for you and the players. And uh, that's, <clears throat> that's really... All I can go there, but I can say I, I'm just not going to watch any sports where I feel like I'm being indoctrinated with some kind of political view the whole time. And I want a lot of the same criminal justice reforms, probably even more. And I actually care about getting the policies instituted, unlike a lot of the people who are protesting. And so <clears throat> I'm not in any way against the criminal justice reform. But I'm someone who sports, professional sports overall, is going to lose as a viewer over this. Charlie, have you been able to watch many sports lately? Yeah, I just watched the games and um, I don't pay attention to, to much of, of what is said. You know, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth on this because I do think that you should be allowed to use your platform if you want to, to, to raise awareness. Um, I don't want to tell them they can't do it. Right. Right. And, but at the same time, you're you have to realize, you know, as Michael Jordan always said, like Republicans buy shoes, buy Nikes or buy sneakers, too. So you're going to alienate a certain uh, amount of people from, you know, uh, purchasing your entertainment um, if they completely disagree with your stance. Um, however, I mean, you should be allowed to have that stance. So, you know, if they're going to. But I also agree with what you said. A lot of people watch sports and most people involved in sports and most people that watch sports to begin with, they're not involved in politics at all. Uh, you know, in fact, most of Americans are not really involved in politics. You know who the number one uh, voter in America was in, in every election for as long as I can remember? Uh, almost every, the majority of people actually stayed home. So, um, well, I would say the the largest chunk, I guess you could say the largest third um, cause what it was, what 68 million people didn't vote. Um, yeah. so you had 7 million more people that decided to stay home. Uh, so that's the other third of the population. So a lot of Americans, they don't care what the, their professional sports player has to say. They just want to see them be the best at their game. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, it's their choice. Really? I, I think from, my perspective is if they're going to play a game, then I'll watch the game. I don't really watch the interviews or anything like that. I just, I just want my team to win. And if they don't win like the Preds and they suck, uh, then I cancel my season tickets uh, because they suck, not because of anything <laughs> they said, but because they suck. And uh, when they start getting good again, maybe I'll, uh, I'll re up my, my position. But for now they suck and the Cowboys <laughs> suck. Two of my favorite yeah. teams to watch, and they all suck. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> you should stop picking losers, you know? <laughs> I know. Although I'm, I'm know. a fan too, so what are you going to do? You can't help what team you're a fan of. I know. I mean, although you did do this whole Nashville Predators thing to yourself. Like, that was a choice. Yeah, I guess so. so. This is all your fault. It is. All right, tell me about the NSA real quick before we wrap this thing up. All right, my Top friend. Story. This is the This is breaking news here. Um, this coming from Politico, the court rules 
that NSA phone snooping is illegal after a seven year delay. Now I saw a tweet from, um, Edward Snowden about this this morning that I thought was pretty interesting. So, uh, the NSA program that swept up details on billions of Americans phone calls was illegal. Um, I was, I was going to say there's not billions of Americans, but I guess they can see it was billions phone call bill, uh, bill, over billions of phone calls mm. was illegal and possibly unconstitutional. Possibly. No, it was a federal mm. appeals court ruled Wednesday. However, the unanimous three judge panel, of the ninth circuit court of appeals said this, the role, the so-called telephone metadata program played in a criminal terror fundraising case against four Somali immigrants was so minor that it did not undermine their convictions. The long-awaited decision is a victory for prosecutors, but some language in the court's opinion could be viewed as a rebuke of sorts to officials who defend the snooping by pointing to the case involving Basile Moline and three other men found guilty by a San Diego jury in 2013 on charges of fundraising for Al-Shabaab. Judge Marsha Berzon's opinion, which contains a half dozen references to the role of former NSA contractor and whistleblower Edward Snowden in disclosing the NSA metadata program, concludes that the bulk collection of such data violated the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Also, the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, you know, we're going to we'll base it off the FISA statute. Uh, the those, call those amendments are outdated, Charlie. They right. don't keep up with the current technology. The call tracking effort began without court authorization under President George W. Bush following the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. A similar program was approved by the secretive FISA court beginning in 2006 and renewed numerous times. But the Ninth Circuit panel said those rulings were legally flawed. Imagine that. Just <laughs> imagine that. That the government gave itself permission and they didn't do it the right way. Isn't that interesting? The appeals court stopped just short of saying that the snooping was definitely unconstitutional, but rejected the Justice Department's arguments that collecting the metadata did not amount to a search under a 40-year-old legal precedent because customers voluntarily share such info with telephone providers. The Ninth Circuit panel essentially endorsed the 2015 ruling from the New York-based Second Circuit that found the mass surveillance was not sufficiently tied to any specific investigation as Congress appeared to require. Yeah. Not only Congress, but the the Constitution requires yeah. that it has to be specific or Pacific. If you're from the South, either way, same means same thing. Specific, Pacific. <laughs> you got to have a Pacific place and a Pacific person and Pacific things to search. Okay, you can't just collect everything and just in case. During the public debate over the program, triggered, as the opinion notes, in half a dozen places by disclosures from Snowden, numerous officials pointed to the Moline prosecutions as concrete evidence that the program was contributing to U.S. prosecutions for terrorism. Other examples cited by officials were primarily overseas, and the Moline case was not about any plans for attacks in the U.S., but in Somalia. They weren't even doing anything in the United States. (laughs) And that's the, that's the one example they have. The one example we have of how this worked was that we caught somebody who was going to do something in Somalia because we had American interest. It's yeah. (laughs) That's what it was for, for American interest. Yeah. What in Somalia, what garbage the metadata program was officially shut down in 2015 after Congress passed the USA freedom act, which provided a new mechanism where phone providers retained their data instead of turning it over to the government. The revamped system appears to have been abandoned by the NSA in 2018 or 2019 appears to have been abandoned. It appears to yeah. until, until another whistleblower Snowden comes out with the information. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the case may not be over yet. Any of the defendants or the government could seek review from a larger 11 judge in bunk court. A Supreme court petition is also possible, which will definitely happen by the way. So most things that are this, um, visible uh will not be held up by a three uh, judge panel it'll it'll go to the 11th to the 11th to the entire court basically um for the court of appeals and then likely to the supreme court the american civil liberties union hailed the decision as a victory for our privacy rights though the left-leaning group said it was a it was disappointed that having found the surveillance of mr Moline unlawful the court declined to order suppression of the legally obtained evidence in his case. 
So, yeah, I would I would say that this is a a small victory. Um, however, it's not over yet, and you know it's going to be very tough for the government to find itself in violation. I bet. That's, that's <laughs> what we're waiting to happen here is for the government to find out whether or not the government's doing things wrong. Right. Right. That's always the problem. You're waiting for the overseers of the overseers of the overseers to whistleblow on the people who are watchdogging everything. Right. So that's that's the problem. And they probably need a subcommittee about this more mm -hmm. than like a sub subcommittee. And what was interesting there at the very, end of that is their own inspector general for that subcommittee. They found that the surveillance was unlawful, but they declined to order the suppression of the illegally obtained evidence, which, which is, is interesting. Yeah. So backwards. Does that, ever, does that ever happen? You know, you look at any other kind of criminal cases oh, where they yes, decide it that, happens all the time. Well, I feel like, I, I mean, I've watched quite a few datelines now. Most of the time, if someone didn't have some type of a search warrant to to pull the information that they have a lot of times they can't use it did you court. watch making a murderer uh i watched some of it i mean that whole thing was just like yeah. i mean the the blood the blood evidence was tampered with um so that should have been thrown out it wasn't uh the first search of his property didn't have a warrant so that should have been thrown out it wasn't now look the guy may have done it but that entire investigation was completely botched and almost everything that they had should have been inadmissible and it wasn't and see it's left up to the judge ultimately um and even in this case left up to the judges and they're like yeah we're not going to suppress it i know you applied for a suppression but it's already there and uh we don't have to so we're not going to man the whole justice system is just an insane mess i mean when you have the government well there's no there's no the, there's no accountability it doesn't matter like a lot of a lot of judges will make it inadmissible because it's the integrity of their court. It's the integrity of their work as a judge and their history and their legacy that they will live, that they will leave behind. Um, but the ones who don't, there's no repercussions. It's not like if they don't suppress the, the it's not like they lose their, their judgeship or whatever <laughs> he would call it. You know, yeah. now there are some judges that are elected. So if you did things the wrong way, then of course you could be, um, voted well a lot of times the out. elections are for uh for lifetime yeah most of the that's true the cases judges so but i knew uh, you know i do know of a case here um uh, it happened in franklin in williamson county where there was a the, this guy went to court and he was found guilty by a jury of his of his peers um by um you know 12 12 jurors and um in tennessee it's possible that if the judge hears all the evidence and completely disagrees with the verdict of the jury, that he can actually override that verdict. And so this was a, I, I, I want to say, I think it was a sexual assault case. And what had happened was there were several pieces of evidence that the, the judge ended up suppressing because they were obtained them illegally and all kinds of stuff. And I don't really know whether the guy did it or not, but what had happened was, is the judge was like, yeah, even though the jury convicted you, I do not, based on the evidence presented, the state did not hold up their case. And so I'm tossing this out. And then he was voted out the next year because huh. everyone was mad. Yeah. But, but crazy. Yeah. He lived by principle and then, um, yeah, he was voted out. So that can happen. Well, uh, guys, I'm still just waiting for that time that we can bring Snowden home for a fair trial, at least just a fair trial. Right. That's all he wants. And he says, I'll come back. And I, I want to see that trial happen. So guys, if you are interested in learning how to day trade, go to mastermystonks.com. Charlie, I didn't tell you this, but I made it in, in an executive decision that I assume you'll be okay with. Mm, okay. Because it's, because it's Charlie's birthday month and he's turning 45 this oh, month. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> um, because it's Charlie's birthday month, we're going to be doing 20% off for for two months on the class by using the promo code 20 stonk the promo code 20 stonk 20 stonk and so you go to the website mastermytrades.com or mastermystonks.com there are there are opportun opportunities almost every single day um today well i'm actually in a trade right now i didn't uh, i right didn't meow. really take much this morning right meow i took a couple this morning um, the market is down a bunch today, but there's even more opportunities after that happens. So it's and never too you late can go to go short get in. on the market. 
yeah, there's all kinds of ways to go short. If you would have gone short on Apple or Tesla or the market overall, then you're sitting pretty today also. And you just got to know when those, when those indications tell you the time to get in that trade. And we show you a bunch of stuff like that on mastermindstonks.com with the Liberty Trading Academy. So go to that website, use the promo code 20STONK to get 20% off for the next two months on the class. That's a hell of a birthday deal, man. Um, That's a good deal, man. Yeah. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Smash that subscribe button. As Nate mentioned, we have 96% of those that listen to this podcast hit that subscribe button. The other 4% just are clearly for death. And so don't be part of that crowd. Be part of the crowd that is against death. And so hit that subscribe button and then join the Patreon group. Y'all, I'm telling you, this group is a lot of fun. And eventually you'll get the merch that you sign up for. Uh, one day. And so there's, there's no reason not to sign up for it. It's only five bucks a month. That's basically nothing. And the fact that you, you put your money where your mouth is to help move this movement forward, continue to reach more people. We run advertisements, uh, advertisements with that money and we continue to grow the show with that money. So um, you need to sign up patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. That's patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. And then please continue to share the show with a friend and leave us that rating and review. If you do all of that, I will not be back tomorrow, but Nate might be, I am out of town for the next, uh, Oh man, I'm out of town for the next week. Seven. I'll be here every vacation. day. So I mean, I might even have a guest or two on. We'll wow. see. Wow. Yeah, so you guys get to talk to Nate for a whole week while I'm out doing CEO things at the beach. And, uh, you know, hey, the perks, the perks of being in this chair. You're gone for so long, <laughs> I had to set up my own little at-home studio exactly. here. Exactly, you know? exactly. So uh, I will see all of y'all next week. That'll be next Thursday for me, but uh, stay tuned for Nate uh, because he's got some good stuff and he knows just about everything there is to know. Not everything, but just about everything. So good stuff to listen to. And hope you guys have a good day and a good, a good Labor Day, good holiday weekend coming up. And I hope you have a good morning, Liberty. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. <laughs>